your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday, October 25th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So first and foremost, I want to apologize for this late release of today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Because of the fact that on Saturday, I only watched the first period live. Uh, on TV before stepping out. I listened to the second and third period on the radio, in the car, on the way out. And it would have been an injustice and a disservice to you guys to for me to talk about Saturday's game without rewatching the actual feed from Saturday's 4-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. And thankfully, ESPN Plus gives you that option. And that if you're out of the region especially, you have an opportunity to watch either of the broadcasts. You have an opportunity to uh, replay uh, every every game from the NHL, mostly on demand, uh, and watch multiple. And I've had many opportunities to watch multiple games around the league uh, that I wasn't able to before, before, before having to purchase and spend a crap ton of money on NHL TV uh, outside of like any nationally televised uh, games. But got an opportunity to rewatch the second and third period after what was a fast start for the Florida Panthers. Let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Huberto in uh, this one, who was the first star of the game. Nick Fairbanks and I on Thursday's show talked a little bit about how in years past, Jonathan Huberto would get criticism for not scoring. And what would happen was that criticism would come his way that what? Why isn't he raising his game to a, another level when the team is needing him most? And he hasn't had to. He hasn't had to do that in in a season like this, and he hasn't had to do that really much uh, last year as well. Um, as he gets three points in this game, two of them goals, one of them a power play goal, the other one a shorthanded goal, and this game was really weird. It, it, it was a weird game. Of the six goals scored by both teams, only one of them was even strength. The Flyers got two goals. Both of them, one of them was power, via the power play, and the other one was a shorthanded goal. The shorthanded goal was from Cam Atkinson, who scored on his former teammate, Sergey Bobrovsky, from their time in Columbus after Sam Reinhart, Sam Reinhart was double teamed up near the blue line. And then Cam Atkinson just took it all by himself on Sergey Bobrovsky, went five hole. And then, uh, yeah, that was his uh, fourth goal of the season. Great, great trade from the Philadelphia side. And 
so so far for Cam Atkinson, he's uh he's uh showing out for the Philadelphia Flyers, and this is a team that many people think that are is going to have a bounce back uh season this year after after their disastrous season last year. They get the number one seed in the uh, Stanley Cup bubble after um, winning all their round robin games. Carter Hart had a disastrous uh, 2021 season. Many people are looking for him to make a comeback after a great start to his career. And the Florida Panthers, this was also a game where there's a lot of urgency and a lot of effort plays that, in my opinion, you just can't coach. And you just got to be so heads up on when it comes to creating that effort. And what I'm talking about, it was the shorthanded goal from Jonathan Huberto. Of course, uh, a lot of it had to do with uh, Keith Yando's uh, turnover at the top of the blue line on the power play. But Huberto and Sam Bennett were able to jump right on that play for the Cats right, right away. Saw that Keith Yando had a turnover and just took it by himself. First effort. Carter Hart saves, and then right, right near the end boards, he bounces it off Carter Hart into the net and for a goal. And that, and for Jonathan Huberto also to keep his balance on that play, amazing stuff. And when I first heard it on the radio feed, and then Twitter was going nuts on Keith Yandel's, uh turnover, I was thinking to myself, I gotta watch this replay. I cannot wait to see the replay. And I saw the replay later that night on uh, Twitter, and then watching it live, seeing how the play developed, I'm like, wow. The Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto heads up on that play. And another thing about Jonathan Huberto lately is uh, he's been playing a lot on the PK uh, on Saturday's game, especially. And mostly had to do with the fact that Anton Lindell was in the box quite a bit on Saturday. The second one where it was an elbowing, uh, maybe not a penalty, and maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. But the Jonathan Huberto able to step up on the PK. And we're not used to seeing him out there, and his only his second shorthanded goal of his career, the last one dating all the way back to the 2016 season for Jonathan Huberto gets a power play goal, and my goodness, what a game by by Huby! And another effort play was on Owen Tippett's goal. You see Mackenzie Weger going all the way from the end boards on a rush on a three on two. And Mackenzie Weger gets a pass through not one, not two, but three Philadelphia Flyers players. It was originally a three-on-two. Claude Giroux catches up, and Mackenzie Weger gets the pass through three Philadelphia Flyers defenders. Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, Claude Giroux was the other one that he got it past, and the other one was uh, Travis Zanheim. Uh, who he got that pass through, and then Owen Tippett is right there on the doorstep and tips it in for what was, at the time, the go-ahead goal for the Cats. And, well, excuse me, the tying goal for the Cats near the end of the second period and creating that momentum going into the third. And the Florida Panthers, they they just find a way to, when whenever they're either tied or down, the cats have found a way to just get that extra goal, get that extra effort too. This would that Saturday's game was all about effort, despite being as sloppy as it was. The Florida Panthers had seven power play opportunities. 
the concerns on the power play were concerning, but the Florida Panthers are now at three straight games with a power play goal. Sure, they're near kind of the bottom of the league right now in power play percentage, but you have three straight games with a power play goal and you're converting on some opportunities when in the first two games you were unable to convert. And this team even strength, if they get the power play right, the penalty kill is, is not the worst in the world. The 12th and PIM eh, can be better um, as far as 12 most is what I mean. But their percentage is in the top 10. So if you can get that part right on special teams, then everything is all well for the Florida Panthers. In the next segment, we're going to discuss more about Saturday's 4-2 to win over the Philadelphia Flyers. And where have the Florida Panthers fared this season when it comes to trailing, leading, and how they've fared this season in comebacks versus tied games late in games? So keep it right here on your first listen of the day. Locked on, Panthers. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as the Florida Panthers are coming off a 4-2 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday night. And they have a game today. It's a game day tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. Undefeated versus winless for the Arizona Coyotes. But let's discuss more about Saturday's game. And let's discuss more about where the Florida Panthers are this season. And the awesome Aaron Brown, a two-time guest of the show, tweeted on Saturday about how often the Florida Panthers have trailed uh, this season. And of 301 minutes played and 31 seconds because they did have an overtime game in game one against the Pittsburgh Penguins, they've only trailed for 15 minutes, almost 16 this entire season through five games. And they're 5-0-0. They've found a way to come back. Uh, of course, game one, they uh, trailed uh, 4-2 to uh, late, um, late into the third period where they al- allowed four unanswered goals, and then they come back with three unanswered to win the game. This one, they were down 2-1 uh, to one against the Philadelphia Flyers after giving up that shorthanded opportunity by Cam Atkinson, and the Florida Panthers were able to recover. The thing about... Saturday's game was also Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment was able to still, it's all, you feel like every game there's in the neutral zone, Mason Marchment always has some type of hit that uh, creates a rush to the other end or stops a zone entry for the other team. Mason Marchment also drew uh, a couple penalties in in this game, including a very scary one where the Philadelphia Flyers, Nicholas Abe Kabul 
was fined $2,687.50 for the kneeing of Mason Marchment, which could have severely injured him at that time. And the Mason Marchment, I know Cam Atkinson got a star of the game, one of them, but I thought Mason Marchment should have been one of them because there was also multiple times where he was really great with the puck. He kept it in the zone, and my goodness. And Dale Talon's last trade deadline before uh, eventually getting fired, he gets Mason Marchment for Dennis Mulgan, and Dennis Mulgan's not even in the, N- in the NHL right now. And we can talk about all about how great that trade was. But going back to Saturday's game and the, I don't know if you could call it even a revenge game for Keith Yandel. I, I know that the Florida Panthers players still really like Keith Yandel as a human being, great locker room guy. There was a story about how great Keith Yandel was. Mackenzie Weger talked in this presser about how the players went out to dinner uh, with Keith Yandel the night before. They are still friends. They still think very highly of him as a human being. The play on the ice, it cost the Panthers a lot, especially in the first round. I mean, within the first few minutes of game one against Tampa Bay, there was a, there was a turnover that led to a shorthanded goal by the Tampa Bay Lightning in that one. And then <laughs> I, I feel like it was destiny for that goal to happen for the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers also are, is, are very happy as well to be going out again. Um, Brandon Montour did post on his Instagram about him, Carver Hagee, and Sam Bennett going to a Philadelphia 76ers game the night before they played the Flyers. And also the Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, um, horrible times to be a Dolphins fan. But the Florida Panthers were actually at the Dolphins game on Sunday. It was um, John Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Carver Hagee, Aaron Ekblad, uh, Spencer Knight, and Mason Marchment at the game on Sunday. Everybody was wearing something Dolphins related except Spencer Knight. So I'm going to assume because he grew up in Darien, Connecticut, which is in the New England, New England area, that he is a Patriots fan, so he didn't want to wear any Dolphins gear versus the other guys. He, they got some custom-made jerseys, and South Florida is promoting uh, one another, the sports. But yeah, uh, multiple Florida Panthers players enjoying basketball in Philadelphia the night before and then enjoying the, a, fo- a football game the day after. So enjoying their day off going to sporting events in person while them themselves are playing a sport that they love. Sergey Bobrovsky, again, continues to position himself well for saves. And many, many times you see the Philadelphia Flyers on rushes and Bobrovsky just shuts the door. And again, he's starting to look like the $10 million man that Dale Talon originally signed him for. and through four games of him playing, his GAA is under two and his save percentage is 942 through those four games. So great stuff by Sergei Borowski. And Philadelphia came firing, especially early in the second, where this, this was also a game where the Florida Panthers lost this, the faceoff battle, 58 to 42 in this one. And especially in the second period early on, where after the first, the Florida Panthers were leading shots 10-5, to 5, and the Philadelphia Flyers come firing early on, often, with six straight shots uh, to start the second period. So out of the locker room for the second period, the Florida Panthers were a little bit slow getting off, but and they're also committing a penalty early on, which led to the 
Pod drew a goal with uh, Gustav Forsling uh, slashing uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. And then that's when the Florida Panthers had to wake up a little bit. So in, in really after the beginning of the second period, that's when really the Florida Panthers uh, started to uh, wake up. Sure, they had the mistake on Sam Reinhardt's uh, turnover at the blue line, ending in Cam Atkinson's goal on Sergei Bobrovsky. But that after that, the Florida Panthers were able to just turn it on. And it feels, especially on five on five, that this team can just turn it on at any moment. And when you can play this well at even strength, then when, once again, when the power play gets it together, then it's, it's only going to be that much better. And the Florida Panthers around the NHL, there's four undefeated teams left with Florida, Edmonton, St. Louis, and Carolina. The Florida Panthers do lead the league in goal, goal differential as well. So they're creating opportunities for games to not get as close as they want to. Only, I mean, only one of their games was in overtime, and that was via a comeback in the first game. Blow, blows, blows out New York, blows out Tampa, blows out Colorado. This one was a little bit closer but they get that empty net goal at the end to seal the deal. And they haven't had to really play from behind. Like I said earlier, 15, almost 16 minutes of play that the Florida Panthers have trailed. And who has it worse than the Chicago Blackhawks this year? If, if I'm correct, the Chicago Blackhawks haven't had a single lead this year. And this was a, a team that was a team that was, last season before the 2021 season started that their management sent out a letter to an open letter to fans saying that they're rebuilding and then this past offseason they make the moves to get Mark andre Fleury, Seth Jones, their captain Jonathan Taze comes back after missing the whole season last year and they don't have a single win. Oh, I believe they're 0 5 and 1 this year and they haven't led once th- this whole season. And who has it worse than the Chicago Blackhawks? Maybe the Arizona Coyotes because that they haven't won a game neither, and they have a strange stadium, excuse me, arena situation out in Arizona where they don't have a home currently for the 2022-2023 season. But actually, this will be a great time to transition over to tonight's matchup against the Arizona Coyotes. So in the next segment, we're going to preview tonight's matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes. So keep it right here on your first listen of the day. Locked on Panthers. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, goat bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 net carbs. 
Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor, which is like the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at built.com. Third segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is the Florida Panthers will be hosting the Arizona Coyotes tonight at 7 p.m. at the FLA Live Arena. And this is a game of undefeated versus winless to start the season. And these are two teams where they are kind of where they were expected to be to start the season. And I teased in the previous segment about how bad the Arizona Coyotes have it right now with the lease agreement ending being terminated in the city of Glendale. Looks like they will be playing in Tempe, Arizona. And a lot of people think, why not the Phoenix uh, Suns Arena? And I was actually talking with uh, George Richards in person when I went down to South Florida and George Richards talked about the dimensions of the Phoenix Suns arena about how it was, it's not able to sport a hockey team there based on their uh, dimensions and their renovations for the Phoenix Suns arena. So it looks like that the Arizona Coyotes, if they were to move, it's not in that arena. So uh, great insight from George Richards, which you guys should definitely subscribe to Florida hockey. Now, if you haven't already great stuff out there for George Richards, but for as far as the Arizona Coyotes, this is a full-on tank. That's what the, this is for the Arizona Coyotes. They have, I'm counting right now, uh, I'm looking at their cat friendly. They have one, two, four, five, six, 11, 12, 13, 14. They have 18 expiring contracts uh, going into next offseason. And about... <laughs> 28 million in uh, as their cap hit going into next season too with an 85 81.5 million cap ceiling for the season so and a whole bunch of picks they didn't have a first round pick last season and they had to trade back into the draft for the Vancouver Canucks to take the contracts of Oliver Ekman Larson who they're still kind of paying so their dead cap, they're just paying just under a million dollars for Oliver Ekman Larson. And they, they're they still paying Darcy Kemper this year, who they traded away to the Colorado Avalanche, who the Florida Panthers didn't get to see on Thursday, who made a beautiful save against the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you want, there's this one save that Darcy Kemper made on Saturday night. You guys have to go see. They're still paying uh, the buyout of Michael Grabner as well. And so 18 expiring contracts, their cap hit total for 2022 is 28 million at the moment. And the Arizona Coyotes are just stacking up all these picks, three first round picks next year. One of them will be from the Montreal Canadiens in their trade from Christian Dvorak, sending them over there. And it's the worst of 
their picks from what Montreal has for them and Carolina in the offer sheet for Disbury Kakaniemi. And if it's in the top 10, then the team inside the top 10 keeps their pick. So right now it's looking that the Montreal Canadiens will in fact keep their first round pick uh, next year. And it'll be end up being, I believe, Carolina's pick instead because Montreal's just in a bad position. And we'll talk more about Montreal later on in the season. Their first matchup isn't until New Year's Day at 1 p.m. And five second round picks. They, they acquire a second round pick for Andrew Ladd. They uh, get uh, Shane Goss Despair, um, who there's rumors about the Florida Panthers picking up Shane Goss Despair on waivers. Last season, the Florida Panthers ended up uh, not doing that. Um, they get a second round pick for Aiden Hill. Um, the sec- another second round pick from Vancouver. I believe it, that was the Oliver Ekman Larson, Connor Garland trade. And the Arizona Coyotes also got a second round pick from the Florida Panthers, but it's not in 2022. It's actually in 2024. Uh, for Anton Stroman to get that contract off the books, to re sign Sam Reinhart, get, make space for Sam Bennett and Anthony Duclair as well. And for and Vladislav Kolyachanik as well, a pros- a defenseman uh, prospect for the Florida Panthers, who's now in Arizona, twenty um, year old former former Panthers. So this was this is a team who's building for the long haul. Eighteen expiring contract uh, again, and very few building pieces for this Arizona Coyotes team. One of them is uh, Jacob Chikrin who's the son of Jeff Trickern, who you, the fan, have seen many times on Valley Sports Florida. Um, and Jacob Trickern's one of the few building blocks on, on the Arizona Coyotes. Clayton Keller is another building block on the Arizona Coyotes, their former seventh overall pick from the 2016 draft. And everyone else, their future is very bleak when it comes to being a part of the Arizona Coyotes. You got to feel bad for the players there, but this is part of what Arizona is trying to build to maybe make a big splash, use their assets, not only, not, not only use their assets to try to draft players, but to make a big splash trade for, for somebody to rebuild this quote unquote, the right way, which I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is a formula that works for the Arizona Coyotes, but right now they're towards the bottom in every statistical category in the NHL just looking at their penalty kill penalty kill they're giving up 36.4% of goals on the power play if there's a time to really get the power play right which is not really a concern right now for the Florida Panthers with how they played at even strength Florida is 26th in the league in power play percentage while Arizona is 32nd at in the penalty kill at 36.4. So if there's a game to get it right for the Florida Panthers, it's this one. Goals four. They're 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 having a hard time getting the puck into the net. 1.6. And Florida is second in the NHL in goals against at 1.8. So especially with three straight games of just allowing one goal. To the opposition that that will really uh help your numbers definitely uh there and the goals against their last as well the Arizona Coyotes with 4.8 while the Florida Panthers in goals for are 4.4 4. 
So if there's a, a no excuses type of game in anywhere in the schedule, it's against the Arizona Coyotes because many writers, many podcasters, many fans, even fans who don't do what I, what I do for a living, know that this is not for this year for the Arizona Coyotes. And Robin Leano of Locked On Arizona Coyotes knows that as well. We, we've talked a little bit about that. We're going to try to do a post-game show uh, after tonight's uh, game against the Arizona Coyotes to talk more about not only tonight's game, but the future of what the outlook of Arizona is going to be after this season, because it's not about this season for the Arizona Coyotes. For the Florida Panthers, it's about this season, because like I've said before, they gave up a first, they gave up a second for this com- this year's upcoming NHL entry draft because they're going for it. And so far, the Florida Panthers, 5-0-0, best goal differential in the league, even though they're middle of the pack in special teams, uh, especially in the power play, the this is the game to get it right and to create that momentum because the next few stretch of games, they're facing the Bruins twice in four days, the Detroit Red Wings team on the road, which their rookies, Mort Sider and Lucas Raymond, are looking fantastic. So they, they are combined, I believe, uh, 12 points, Raymond and Sider, through, through their many, their few games, their six games that they've played. So their rookies are really looking great, and it looks like that the Detroit Red Wings are look to be ahead of schedule in their uh, rebuild. rebuild. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, despite not being able to play games in Canada, um, he he's looked great. But enough about the Red Wings. We don't. Um, the Florida Panthers don't play them until Friday. But right now, it's about taking care of the Arizona Coyotes at home at FLA Live Arena. A no excuses game. Um, because I'm able to record this right now, it's 10:30 a.m. on a Monday. Um, get a little bit of tweets from uh, Morning Skate where Anton Lindell is not on the ice for the Florida Panthers at morning skate. And it looks like the Itulusterainen is going to be jumped up to the third line center spot for tonight's game. Joe Thornton is looks to be inserted back into the lineup for tonight's uh, game against the Arizona Coyotes. No word on who the starting goalie is for the Florida Panthers heading into this matchup. I'm refreshing that as I'm speaking into the microphone. Coach Q officially says that Anton Lindell is out tonight he's day-to-day and spencer knight will be starting tonight for the florida panthers against the arizona coyotes so that continuing that two games for sergey Bobrovsky and that one game for spencer knight and it looks like it's going to be that kind of rotation uh for, for at least to start the season especially with florida's first back-to-back of the season coming on friday and saturday at detroit and at boston so to tonight on the post game, we're gonna try to get together with Locked On Coyotes host Robin Leano to discuss tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to subscribe and listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.
So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day.